Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. We are back. We are most certainly not better than ever. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance on this cranky Monday in which the Cowboys are great. Mahomes is the MVP and my quarterback is a freaking disaster in every possible way. Because I'm contractually obligated, let's do this. Here we go! Only one place to start. All right, only one place to start is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire every Monday. The smartest thing I can do is to keep Rex here and keep RC here. And I'm going to do my best not to go directly into Zach Wilson because there are so many things to talk about in the NFL. RC, can you say hello? I'm a tad worried about your microphone. Hello, hello, Oh, it does work. Okay, fair enough. I stand corrected. Uh, That was (laughs) one more reason for me or less reason for me to be upset today. Let's start with the Cowboys. Because I never would have thought this would happen. I want everyone to understand the television business. The Dallas Cowboys equal ratings gold. People watch the Cowboys. Last week, the game between the Cowboys and the Packers was the most watched game in the entire NFL this season by far. Yesterday, the CBS affiliate where I live cut away from the Cowboy game against a team that was 8-1. and It was so non-competitive. RC, that's... That might be that in and of itself might be the most stunning thing that happened. They didn't just beat Minnesota; they humiliated. That's what I'm about them. to say. That tells you how good the Dallas Cowboys were yesterday. And I think this is the team that came into this game wanting to prove something. They understood that the Minnesota Vikings were eight and one. They also knew that they didn't play well in the second half against the Green Bay Packers, and that people were doubting them. They also had a quarterback who threw two interceptions in that game, and he wanted to prove that he was better than the quarterback on the other side. We've used Kirk Cousins as kind of this barometer of you being able to be a starting quarterback. And I think when Dak Prescott began to be questioned along with him, he wanted to go out and prove something. But what I loved about what Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn did, well, they took over this game. Right. As, as a defensive coordinator and offense coordinator, they said, we're going to put a game plan together that if they work together cohesively, we're going to win this game. And I thought it was beautifully executed. And I think the preparation for this week showed that the Dallas Cowboys were more dialed in, more prepared and better coached than the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, yeah. It, to me, I, Greeny, I thought it was the most dominant performance of any team in the National Football League all season. Like this team was ridiculous. And when you – RC, you talk about the the performance of Dan Quinn and and boy wonder Kellen Moore as the (laughs) offensive coordinator. But just, I mean, the overall play – Micah Parsons, oh domin- I mean, absolutely dominated this game, took this game over right from the very first third down of the mm-hmm. game and put his hand in the dirt, let him rush the pass. Yes. But here's the other thing. By the way, here's the great thing. The offense was absolutely ridiculous. You had a running back that had 100 yards rushing and almost 100 yards receiving in Tony Pollard. Yep. All right. And you had – how about our special teams? The kicker makes two 60-yard field goals. Yeah. Like how back good a day back. was it? Yeah. Back to back. What are you yeah. going to throw it? You know what? Hey, let's review this catch by C.D. Lamb. Right. Great play call. The coaching staff did a tremendous job. But, oh, my gosh, what a performance. And, Greeny, I hate to say it, but if they play like this, yeah. I mean – Forget about how they're going to either going to make the play. Or no, they will go to the Super Bowl. They play like this. Honestly, the only this is this is how good the Cowboys were. 
on a day where I know Greeny wanted to throw his TV in the river, yeah. the Cowboys saved him because he knew just how good the A's of Get Up would be this <laughs> yes. morning. I knew, I knew my TV show this morning was going to be good. My day yesterday, I wanted to throw up all over the place. <laughs> I, I've never, I've never, okay, all right, so let's just do it. So you yeah. brought me there. See, I, I was going to, I, I, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask R.C. and Rex Ryan to have a serious and civilized conversation about what happened to the Jets' young quarterback yesterday. This is a major national story, by the way. Mm -hmm. Zach Wilson was the second pick in the draft a year ago in a quarterback class that is going to go down in history one way or the other. When you'd have five quarterbacks that go in the first 15 picks of round one of the NFL draft, it is going to be followed closely. Um, and right now he looks like by far the worst one. I, this, it's not even close. I mean, Trey Lance is, hasn't yeah. even played. And I'd, you'd rather have him than what you're getting out of Zach. But, Rex, there was the performance on the field, and then there was the stuff that he said after. For those who haven't heard, I'll just play quickly. This was Zach Wilson after the game. As an offense, though, I mean, when you guys are only able to score three points, the defense only lets up three points. I mean, do you, do you feel like you let the defense down at all? No. no. I don't know how clearly you can hear him very definitively saying no, and he did it with a look on his face as though the question was beneath him to be asked, right? It's the face as Mm -hmm. much as it is the response. And and, and look, at the end of the day, what Rex thinks of it, what RC thinks of it, what I think of it, those are interesting. But it's what the guys he's playing with think of it, Rex, that are going to really matter. Yeah, no, 100%, Greeny. And and look, I – Obviously, young quarterbacks have horrendous days. We've seen that out of everyone. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. Every single one of these quarterbacks are going to struggle at times, especially against a Bill Belichick coach team. We get it. However, that wasn't the problem I had. The problem I had was when he was at the podium and a simple thing would have been like, yes, absolutely. What a performance by our defense. Okay, I let the team down. I've got to be better. This game's on me. You know where he heard it? How about last week? Didn't we hear Josh Allen say, mm-hmm. what, what did he say? He sat back and said, it's hard to win games when your quarterback yeah. plays like poop, right? Yep, yep. Okay. Well, we see every single one. Jalen Hurts, think Jalen Hurts would have said no? Think any, anybody that plays the position would say no, especially in this city? Are you kidding me? You're out of your mind. And could he lose the locker room? Absolutely. The only way this kid doesn't lose the locker room is you, you put all this on Robert Sala. Robert Sala has had this kid's back the whole time. All right, because that's what you do as a coach. Robert Saul has taken all the arrows. Well, guess what, kid? As a player, you got to take them too. That's what you sign up for when you're when you're a quarterback. And to me, Robert's going to have to go in there because of this quarterback. Yeah. He's going to have to go into that defensive meeting room and say, "Fellas, let's." I I get it. I know where you're coming from. What a performance you guys have put together. But you know what? You got to trust me. I'm going to get this kid right. That's the only the only way they can save this kid right now because if not, number one, he'll be lucky to make it home yeah. without a bloody nose or whatever. Like I, I, I'm just telling the, the, you, the the, the 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 thing is, Greeny, this is so hard to fix after the fact, and uh, the head coach is going to have to be a huge part of it because I believe he's going to have to bridge the gap between the defense and the offense. Also, too, and I know Rex has been a part of these things. If I'm Zach Wilson, and I know he ain't listening to me or listening to us. I call Robert Sala and I say, hey, coach, can I talk to the team today? Can I address the entire team? And he should stand up in front of the team and say, you know what, guys? I was wrong. 
to answer that question that way in that moment, I was wrong. And he could give the reasons, whether he was emotional, whether he was pissed off, whatever it is, and say, I have to be better than that. Not only in how I play, but in my level of accountability. And I know that it's going to take work for me to win you guys back. But I'm willing to do that work because I believe in you guys that much and I believe in this team that much. If Zach Wilson doesn't open up to this team, if Zach Wilson doesn't show some vulnerability, if he doesn't show some sort of contrition as it pertains to what that defense did, and here's the part that's the worst. The reporter laid it up. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. The, the, the reporter oh, said, yeah. you guys score three. The defense only gives up three. Do you feel like with that being what happened, you let them down? It's easy to say, yes, yes. I have to be better. That's easy. Now you go on with your day. And Robert Sala has always protected Zach Wilson, the player. I don't believe right now he can protect Zach Wilson, the person, if Zach Wilson isn't a part of this rehabilitation. Granny with you presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive is proud to support veterans and small businesses with their annual Keys to Progress vehicle giveaway program, helping veterans move their lives forward since 2013. Learn more at keystoprogress.com. RC, you were a great leader during your time in the NFL. You were a good player and a great leader, and that is why you played as long as you did. Yeah. Have you seen situations like this? I mean, you know, so, he's, he's hardly the first young quarterback yeah. to come in and not get it. My, my, my first year in Pittsburgh, Joey Porter called a team, uh, a players-only meeting. And that meeting was to address where the team had gotten after winning the Super Bowl. Part of that was addressing our young quarterback, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, who was going into his third year. He had already won a Super Bowl. They were 15-1 year one. And he said, you know, when, when, when you first got here, everybody was together. And now it feels like it's quarterback and team. And that's not the way that Pittsburgh Mm. plays football. And I think when all of those things started to happen, that was at least the start of Ben's maturation process because it made him understand and focus that we have to win as a team. Same thing, I saw RG3 uh, take accountability for himself and stand in front of the team my last year in Washington and address the team about certain things that were going on. And I respected him for that because as the number two overall pick, as a guy who was the rookie of the year, some of those dudes don't feel like they have to take that step. And I believe when you show, when you show that you are aware of where you've fallen short, the locker room is the most forgiving place in the world because everybody just wants to win. The Jets' defense knows they can't control who starts at quarterback, but you rather like him than hate him. Yeah. And, and Rex, you, you had, I'm thinking back, again, this is, it's another Jets example, but that's the team that you coached. You took a, a rookie quarterback and in his first two seasons to back-to-back AFC championship games, and he, was, he wasn't a brilliant player, right? I mean, he, he didn't play great, but he played well enough and you managed that situation, and you were telling me this morning his maturity level was infinitely greater than what we're seeing oh, now. Oh, there's, there's absolutely no question. And, and, and Mark's play, was, as a player, has played much better than Zach Wilson. Yeah, he did. But this kid has a ceiling. I think he can get there. But Mark, I mean, purposely would take everything uh, thrown his way. Every, I don't care if it was his fault, somebody else's fault. He took every, every single arrow 
at him. He took it head on. And that's what you had to do. We had every single uh, person in that locker room respected Mark because of it. Yeah. And it'd be like, you know what? They knew two guys were going to take it. I was going to take it, and Mark was going to take it. And, and That's important, though. It's it so important. It is. And, and we knew. The, the great thing is every single time – that we played poorly, Mark would say, me and I. Right. It was, you know, I've got to improve my game. The, I have great receivers, but i got to get in the ball better. This yeah. game's on me. Every single time, Mark would say it. And the other thing, when we won, Mark would stand up there and talk about we and us. Rex, I have a question, too. When, when you would take the arrows or when Mark mm-hmm. would take the arrows, how would that play in the locker room? Because I feel like – once you get in the locker room, guys will come up to you and say, no, Mark, like, that wasn't just you. We gave up 24. If we don't give up 24, we win. And you get into the, with the coaches and your, your offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators are saying, Rex, like, we appreciate you doing that, but we got to be better. I feel like that's what team does. But that's exactly what happens when you have a good football team. Yeah. That's what they do, that accountability. Yeah. And it's amazing. I go back to, you know, I was so fortunate to grow up the way I did my dad had this great defense, and, and I remember he was going, going off on his defense one day, and every single one of those guys, he goes, you know, we're not going anywhere unless we take the, the accountability and we accept, you know, the responsibility and all that. Every single one of his players, I was in the meeting, and every single one of his players were like, no, 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 that's on me. That was on me. To the point, it was almost embarrassing. <laughs> like, yeah, literally. You're talking and about the Eagles when they had no, no quarterbacks. No, I'm talking about the, the Bears? Chicago Bears. Wow. When my dad was in there as a defensive coordinator, and I'm just sitting there, you know, a fly on the wall back there. And it was unbelievable. And you know what's funny? That team won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not and, funny. They were the best defense like, of all time. But they, yeah. but they but owned then his Eagles teams. His Eagles teams, Same Mike Golick was on those teams. They had the best defenses maybe ever, and they had the worst quarterback play of all time. There was a year they played like seven different starting quarterbacks. There were all right. these injuries and all this stuff, and they stayed together despite all of that with your dad as the coach. Leadership. Yeah, no, and that, but that's what it is, and that's what you've got to cultivate. That's what Robert Sala is trying to cultivate in this football team. But here's the thing. They flipped this organization. They got the right head coach. They got the right GM. They got the right players. Do you have the right quarterback? And that's the, the greeny. That's the other thing too. That as, as a fan, I know has to be frustrating to you, especially an educated fan. You see how great the defense can be. You oh, see yeah. that there's skill players and there's talent offensively. And when you know the one guy that messed it up today is the quarterback, and he refuses to take accountability, that type of frustration has to penetrate not only you, but the coaching staff and the locker room, because all of these people can see the exact same thing that you can, except for I have to go to work with that dude every day, and that's a problem. All right, we have much more to say about this as we go. You guys are the best. Thank you. I wanted to do other things here. You guys dragged me into this. (laughs) Uh, We all know the game isn't over till it's over. Next time you need parts for your car don't call it quits go to ebay motors they have 122 million parts to take your car into overtime get the right parts at the right prices ebaymotors.com let's ride uh my top five takeaways from yesterday greenies takes on the way next it's espn radio greenie the podcast this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. 
Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greenies Takes. All right, it's time for my takes here. Every Monday at this time, I will give you my top five takeaways from a Sunday in the National Football League. Uh, and most of them today are pretty straightforward and simple. Here we go. Number five. Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. Uh, the very definition of MVP, he fits, which is to say... Whether he is the most outstanding player in the league or not, which I think he is, he is truly the most valuable. He is doing everything. He is elevating his team. He's doing the opposite of what Aaron Rodgers has done this year, quite candidly. And that's not meant to be a knock on Aaron, although it obviously is going to sound like one. And I thought that a really good point was made on Get Up this morning. Rodgers not only lost his best weapon when Devontae Adams left Green Bay, he also lost his security blanket. He also lost the break-this-glass-in-case-of-emergency guy, and quarterbacks need those guys. So with the loss of Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes may have lost his, quote, best weapon, but he didn't lose his most important guy. He's still got the guy he trusts when everything goes wrong. Mahomes also runs it so well. He knows exactly when to do it and when not. He slides beautifully, which may sound like a weird thing to say about a quarterback, but as you watch some of them try it sometimes, it's not so pretty. And look, his dad was a major league baseball player. He knows how to slide, and I think that makes a big difference. So Mahomes is the MVP right now to me. No ifs, no ands, no buts. Number four. Uh, The Eagles won with their C game. I actually typed in B game, but the more I've thought about it, the more I think it's their C game. And that is a very good thing to say. Because I was reminded this morning that the Colts, the same team they played yesterday, played Kansas City earlier this year in what remains one of the most surprising final scores of the entire season. And when playing their C game, the Chiefs didn't find a way to beat the Colts. And the Colts playing their hearts out and their behinds off for our friend Jeff Saturday gave the Eagles everything they could handle. And the Eagles, playing their B game at best, still found a way to win at the end. And that quarterback, while not playing his best, still found a way to win at the end. And most of it was running the football. I'm going to give uh, Hembo the floor on this one coming up in a couple of minutes and let him talk about his Eagles. Number three. Uh, The Lions are a team to keep a close eye on next year. A close eye. This is a team that is about three possessions away right now from being seven and three. They are the best 4-6 and six team in the league by far. Their defense has only up to go. They are going to get Jamison Williams back at some point. He was the best receiver in last year's class. Number one, they traded way up to get him. He had a torn ACL that got torn in the national championship game. I don't know if he's even going to play this year at all or not, but they're going to add one of the most dynamic, well, in a perfect world, like a Tyreek Hill-esque kind of receiver to what they're already doing offensively next year. And, oh, by the way, they have the Rams' first-round pick. The Rams are trending towards being, that, that, that could be a top five, six, seven pick. So 
The Lions, we've talked a lot about how the Bears have a very positive future, and they do. The Lions have an excellent future. The Vikings are good. I think the Packers are going to be the worst team in the NFC North next year. Mm. I think the Lions are going to pass them. The Bears are going to pass them. The Vikings are already light years past them. I think th- those those are two takes in one. The Packers haven't even played since Thursday. I've got them last in their division next season. Greeny's takes on ESPN Radio. Number two. Uh, the Cowboys are Super Bowl good. Uh, I've been saying it all year long. And the thing that I think is the most important about them is that they went through their adversity teams that come through adversity that see their own mortality in the mirror and stare it down are always dangerous and the cowboys did that the whole world wrote them off early this year because they lost their quarterback for five games they lost their quarterback for basically a third of the season and they didn't just keep it afloat they put themselves in prime position how achingly close they were to being right on Philly's heels yesterday I mean Philly's got a fourth down play late in that game yesterday that Jalen Hurts picks up if he doesn't get that fourth down the Eagles are going to have one game of separation against the Cowboys with a game in Dallas still to come first place in that division first place in the conference is so important Uh, the, the, the one seed is so incredibly important in the playoffs right now that you would have to say the team that gets it is in great position. I'm not saying you just pick them, but is obviously just gets a huge advantage. And it's going to be very hard for Dallas to get that. But right now, certainly yesterday, they were the best team that the NFL has seen all season. Number one. And then that brings us to this. So go ahead and lose the music. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, uh, uh, what can you say? Look, yesterday was the day that Zach Wilson officially lost the Jet fan base. And... That does matter. I think when a town turns on a young player, I think it does matter. Um, He doesn't want any part of what's going to happen to him on Sunday. Uh, I have been a Jet fan all my life. I've sat in those seats. I was there when the fans were chanting, Joe must go. Joe Walton was the coach of the Jet. Joe must go. Like, first quarter, Joe must go of games. That, that, That is what Zach Wilson is about to get. And the fans have decided that their answer is Mike White. And generally speaking, if you look at Mike White's NFL career, if he's the answer, you don't want to know what the question is. The question is, Zach Wilson, are you going to get it? Yesterday, I was the first person to say, I'm willing to give this kid a pass on the way he played. I'm willing to give him a pass on the way he played. Because Bill Belichick has made a lot of young quarterbacks look really bad. And what a young quarterback needs after a day like that when the wind clearly got in his head and what had happened against Belichick three weeks ago clearly got in his head. He needs support. He needs you to come out and say, you know what, kid? Tough day. But you're going to learn from it. You're going to come out and you're going to be the better for it. That's what winners do. And then he lost me after the game. And the worst thing about what he said after the game was that he meant it. The worst thing he said after the game is that he himself did not realize that he was the reason his team lost. He doesn't realize how bad he is. And I'm not 100% sure right now that kid gets how close he is to being a bust of biblical proportion. But it's that bad, that fast. He is treading in Jamarcus Russell territory. He's a lot closer to that than he is to anything successful. Because he doesn't get it. For that kid to stand up there and say, no, I don't feel like I let the defense down today, because that's something that you say whether you mean it or not. 
But the fact that, A, he didn't mean it, and B, he didn't say it, I don't know which of those is worse. The fact that he didn't realize he should feel like he let them down, or the fact that he doesn't realize he needs to say he did, even if he doesn't think so. The only way one can come away from that is to say, this kid doesn't get it. And I will say this, he is on the clock. I am not a believer in benching him for Mike White. I don't think that does any good for anybody. You are not going to win anything of consequence this year with Mike White as your quarterback. You have to, this season has to end knowing whether or not Zach Wilson is your quarterback. And right now, he has dug himself an unimaginable hole. Because for whatever reason, he doesn't seem to get this. Kid, you stunk yesterday. You were startlingly bad, unimaginably bad. There is a statistic trending right now that your offense averaged less than three inches per play in the second half. Three inches per play on a day where Mac Jones, who was drafted 13 picks and four quarterbacks behind you, and who basically the big knock on is he doesn't have a strong arm, seemed to have no trouble with the wind. He was getting a snot kicked out of him from the second that game started. The Jet defense uh, pass rush was so scary. And Mac Jones hung in there. There wasn't any question which quarterback you would rather have had yesterday. None. Zero. And now Justin Fields is coming to town this weekend. And unfortunately, he got hurt late in yesterday's game. And I don't know how bad. It's a shoulder. But right this minute... If Zach Wilson doesn't recognize, because nothing in his face, in his body language, or in his behavior suggests he does, someone needs to tell that kid, and I think it has to be the coach today, if he didn't already tell him on the plane back yesterday. You're on the verge of losing everything you have been handed. Because the Jets are the organization that gave up on Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, let me just listen to me closely, Zach, was way better than you. Not even close. Sam Darnold was the quarterback for three seasons of a team that rebuilt twice in three years. They were rebuilding his rookie year. They were rebuilding his third year. He had no chance. And you know what he did? He sat up there and took it. He took it because he recognizes that with great, when great things are handed to you, so comes responsibility. All you've done so far, kid, is have it handed to you and been protected and defended. And the fans have been a part of that. All this nonsense in the offseason we have to live through. And we're turning you into a hero for stuff that quite candidly is kind of creepy and gross. And instead, the Jet fans love you so much, they want it to sound outstanding. Oh, look how great our quarterback is. Look how much fun this is. If you know what I'm talking about, you know. I'm not going to dive into what it is. I think most people know. We turn that into a positive for crying. We are begging you, begging you. Meet us a quarter of the way. But he won't do it. Because this is a kid who has obviously had everything handed to him from the very beginning long before he got to the NFL. And every whisper you heard about him coming into the draft is coming true times 10. Every whisper about the attitude, every whisper about the personality, every whisper about the leadership, it's all coming true. So right now, there's no other way to say it. If you were to redraft last year's draft, he would be at best the fifth quarterback taken. At least Davis Mills, who's playing on the worst team in the NFL, is out there trying Zach Wilson couldn't complete a pass behind the line of scrimmage yesterday. And then afterwards, said he didn't feel like he let anybody down. So either he's going to get it, and he better get it today, or this could end for him that fast. And if he's the last one to know it, it's not going to be anybody else's problem but his. 
So those are my thoughts. Maybe we'll continue as we walk in. I, my, my, the security guard, Vinny, who works here, is a crazy jet fan. He can't even talk. I walk in this morning. He can't even speak. He's so pissed off. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. The assembled members of the hashtag crew are here. We will get to their takes as we continue in just a moment. All of them had interesting days. Yesterday, Hembo with his Eagles, Nuno with his Giants. He'll be in it. Nuno, on a good day, is in a worse mood than I am now. I'm not sure I can even fathom what his conversation is going to be like today. And then Bubba has got to be on cloud nine. But just quickly, because I know a lot of people were counting on me today to have a lot to say about this. Did I say, is there anything I'm missing? What, what am I, am I missing anything on I mean, this? You're definitely not missing anything. That was the tour de force that we all hoped we would get today from you. But I'm with you. Like, Zach. Just recite the lines at the press conference yeah. like every quarterback has done from the beginning of time. You don't even have to mean it. You just have to say it. Correct. You couldn't even say it? He couldn't say it. He couldn't say it. He, there's something, and I tell you what, it made him so unlikable. I mean, so unlikable. Like, he's sitting there looking at him, the expression on his face. And you know what I tell, and not, it's not only Danny who said it this morning, and Rex and RC who said it here and on TV this morning, but look at social media. Like, Richard Sherman who was, you know, was a great defensive player on great defensive teams that won a Super Bowl with Russell Wilson, who we can question just how good he was or wasn't then. He was a trillion times better than Zach Wilson has been and took every sling and arrow. Say what you will about Russell Wilson. Most people don't think he means it, but he says it. <laughs> this kid can't even say it. He can't even be coached into saying the words. And I'm usually the first one to blame everybody else, right? You know me. I defended Sam Darnold to his last day, and I still think I was right. That kid had no chance. They got everything wrong around him. I can't do that anymore. They've gotten everything right around him. I like these coaches. I, the draft was magnificent, except for this kid. So, all right, I will pause briefly on that thought. We will let the um, assembled members of the Hashtag crew offer their thoughts on all the things that we saw in the NFL yesterday, and there will be plenty of time for yours, your hot takes, as the morning rolls on, as always on these Mondays here. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio on what is shaping up to be a pretty lousy morning um, in, for all the obvious reasons. Um, I'm down. Hembo's in the middle. Nuno's down on a good day. Bubba's feeling really good about himself. So the assembled members of the hashtag crew are here. It did occur to me during our break. The good news for Zach Wilson is that uh, if indeed this is the end of his career as a National Football League quarterback, he has an outstanding career ahead of him as the villain in teenage movies. Uh, He looks exactly like the kid. Who's the kid who played Mr. Lawrence in the Karate Kid movies? The guy who sweeps the leg. What is that actor's name? You know what I'm talking, right? That actor, he was the bad guy in every movie at that time. Why are you looking at me like that? Because we just went through this. The problem there is that Zach Wilson can't recite lines. Like, he can't do movies. He can't <laughs> That's do true. Just, hold, just put the cards up in the back. Like, some, some Jet staffer just hold the sign up in the back that says, My, my fault. Bad. Exactly. My bad. I need bad. to play better. Whatever. Like, there's five of those. Just read them off the card. Right. Exactly right. We, we, it, the, 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 okay. I'm, I'm just going to move on. Let, let, let's hear from the assembled members of the hashtag crew your takes on your games. Because I... I'm, afra- I'm afraid of what I want. No, no, no. I, ca- I can't say what I'm thinking okay. about. So, no, let's just move on from, from uh, what I'm thinking. We'll get back to it. In the meantime, so should we hear from so, – so what is the old Goldilocks line? Like, it, 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 is, it, is it too hot, it's too cold, or it's just right? Like, Bubba is going to be too hot 
Nuno is going to be too cold and Hembo in the middle is going to be just right because his team is just sort of in the middle. So let's start with Nuno because misery loves company. Mm. Nuno is a giant fan. I've had a lot of people suggest to me they think that the true New York Giants stepped up yesterday. They they showed you who they really are, which is a team that people generally didn't buy into. Go ahead, Nuno. What is your reaction to what was a very one-sided home defeat against the Lions? That is correct. This team showed who they truly are, that they don't have enough talent. And when they are outcoached and make mental mistakes, they will lose. And that's exactly what happened. And the realization of that and of that game is when you look at their schedule, yes, they have seven wins. I don't know where they get to nine because obviously they have the Eagles twice. They have the Cowboys on Thursday. That's a loss. They have the Eagles twice. They have the uh, Commanders twice. Are you favoring them even at home against the Commanders? Oh, by the way, they have the they still have to fight the, uh, play the fighting uh, Jeff Saturdays, who should have won that game yesterday. So where are they getting to nine wins at, at this point in time to make the playoffs? Do you happen to have our analytics, the FBI projection, on how many games they are expected to win the rest of the way? Not, not Vegas, but our analytics? Because the only thing I'll say, I, I agree with you. There's, there's not one game. Look, if you're, you're, you're going to get blown out by the Lions at home, then there's no reason to think any game on your schedule is, quote, that to win. The only thing I'll say is they've won a million of those games before. Like, they beat – this team beat Baltimore. This team beat Green Bay. They, they've beaten – well, in Green Bay, obviously, that, look, that win doesn't look as good as it looked before that. They beat the Bears. The Bears were a very different team at that time. One way or another, the point is they found wins where you weren't expecting them. Do right. you expect – now I have it. I seem to have it in front of me here. They have a 50-50 shot of beating the Commanders at home. They have a little better than a 50-50 shot of beating the Colts at home. Two wins. Will nine wins get you in the playoffs this year in the NFC? That's what FPI projects. They, they say nine and eight. I'm not seeing it. I think, Wash, I think Nuno's right. They're the fourth best team in this division. Now, all four could get in now that we have seven teams, of course. But I don't see it. I don't see an obvious win on the schedule. Not one. Yeah. Look, they've banked enough wins early on. I agree. We'll talk more about them as we go. That, that, that's the man who is down today. But I'm even Steven, as Jerry Seinfeld once said. I have one friend who is down. I have one friend who is very, very up. Bubba, who did not give up faith in his team last week, wore the Dak jersey on Friday and today is proudly sporting the Micah Parsons jersey. How about them Cowboys, Bubba? Well, I think as we've talked about before, I think I'll take full credit because I switched things up. I went Dak on Friday, and I think that's clearly why they won. But you know, I mean, I think you know, there's not much else to say. On they dominated every possible way. I mean, it was an unbelievable game. Their biggest road win ever. So I mean, like you mentioned earlier, I was the same deal. I was watching at home. They literally cut away. I mean, that, I, I can't remember the last time that happened. It's a great problem to have. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think. They got three home games right now, so the, the division, the, everything's right in front of them right now. It's what is it, Giants, Colts, and Texans. So they get those three right there, three winnable games. The, the the only thing that I think of when I see this game though is it's like everyone was saying, no, the Vikings aren't really that good. So here the, the Cowboys come in and destroy the Vikings. They still got to win that game against a, a good team at some point. And I think there's a lot of people are saying the Vikings aren't that good. That really wasn't a good win. So we still got to get Dak. Still needs to have a big game against a good team, and. As an aside, can someone explain to me why Brett Meyer had to kick two field goals? No, it was a disgrace. I don't. The, the way that was officiated happened, at the end back, of the half was a disgrace. That's insane. I don't. He kicked the field, and they that 
I mean, if I you're going to stop the play, if you're going to stop the play to look at the catch, which I get, Jim Nance is telling you real time, sure, like the second it, it happens, yeah. I'm not sure he caught that. I'm not sure he caught that. And then they looked at it again, and he did catch it. But in the in the initial angle, it was very uh, you can't questionable. Go back after another play has happened, it That's took unbelievable. well because obviously, it, whenever it is, they they alert the officials that they want to stop it. They waited until the second before the ball was snapped. Right. Why it took them so long? Like, Nance had, had enough time to say, obviously, they're not going to look at it because they're just letting the next play go. And the next thing you know, he kicks the ball. and they've So they'd already told him that by then. But it was a joke. Yeah, what, everyone who hates instant replay could have a field day. And look, that winds up not impacting the game at all because he makes the kick again. In fact, the second one looked even better than the first one. And they win the game 40 to whatever it was, 40 to Three. I don't care how good or not good you think Minnesota is. There is no such thing as a bad 37-point win on the road in the NFL against a one No, I team. agree. I think the Cowboys are a Super Bowl team for sure. We'll hear about the Eagles and a whole lot more, plus plenty of time for your hot takes in hour number two. Stay there. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN, and also available wherever you get your podcasts.